Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Doing okay. How was your weekend, man? Lot on. Lot on at the moment. So Getting to me. Yeah. <sighs> but how was your weekend? Come on, let's let, 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 uh, let's look at brighter things. My weekend. What did I do? Well, I worked all day Saturday. That was fun. Mm. Um, but then I. So what I did is my lady partner was out on Saturday, and she she's been banging on for about a year and three months to have a living room sleepover, where we move the mattress of the bed into the living room hmm. and we have a sleepover we watch tv we stay up late and is that what you did a saturday night then well i've always said no that's a terrible idea we did it once when we were painting the bedroom and neither of us slept because the the bedroom the, the living room's really bright it's got a massive window in and it's not it's you know the, the hum of the all the kitchen appliances and all that so i thought i'll do that i brought it in and to, that takes a while to, to move a mattress by yourself and make everything look nice and cosy. Anyone who spent their teenage years trying to move a mattress from your bedroom into the garden so you can do wrestling on it <laughs> will know that it does take a while. I it's harder than, yeah. it, uh, than it sounds. I didn't take a single bump. I've just realized <laughs> that would be my first... If I see a mattress, even to this day, as I... You told a story about this not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, like in October... Yeah, I speared someone through it. <laughs> I powerbombed someone onto a mat- on two mattresses. Yeah. But this is, it's like a memory foam mattress. Mm. I d- it's not it, as springy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like I get a lot of floor. Because I, <laughs> I just want to do a flip bump. Just yeah. flip bump. Uh, but yeah, she got home. She looked at it. She was like, oh, that's so sweet. Uh, I don't want to sleep out here, though. But, oh, come on. <laughs> but at least it's good. At least it doesn't. it won't get brought up anymore. Because she's realised that's not what she wants. Mm. Just had to do it before she realised she didn't really want it. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. that's a win for me. <laughs> what a great weekend. How about you, Luke? Oh, I went to Butlins oh, yeah. in Minehead uh, for a stag do. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. We talked about it in Ramble Club. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if we talked about it in the actual podcast. But uh, yeah, I went to Butlins in Minehead to go watch The Darts. So capital do, T, capital D. Do, American, do Americas know? What darts are? The darts. The darts. It's it's very important that it is the darts. It's the darts. Because stand up if you love the darts. Mm. And a lot of t-shirts about how you love the darts. And did how... you stand up? Uh, I did not stand up because uh, I loved the darts. I got into a couple of the matches 
because so it's first to 10 right you start at 501 um and then you have to get down to zero ending on a double mm -hmm. and once you've done that that's one game okay and then it's the first person to 10 games so i my overall review of darts particularly watching it live if you're a, if you're a fan of darts i'm not going to take anything away from you but this is my personal feelings on it it's exciting if it comes down to nine all or like nine eight so one of the matches i saw had a guy who was down uh four to one and i was like oh well you know this guy's he's completely out of luck here he's he's completely messed he's this all up he's not loving the darts he is not loving the darts then he made a great comeback and it got to nine all and that guy that it was down won the overall game so that was actually quite like oh wow oh what a cool little underdog story that's the darts equivalent of wrestlemania 30 yeah and daniel bryan exactly right but the problem is it starts at 11 and it goes through till five so that's six hours mm. of straight darts and oh but the, after a couple of games it will break up because it's an it's a live thing as well for itv so you get um da -da 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 after every game and for every ad break the fratellis chelsea dagger oh and you'd think oh, they'll get tired of this nope if anything the darts fans just get into it more as the day mm. goes on so, so well, I don't, you've, you've left out a huge component to the darts uh, well, experience. I'll live. get to that in a second. Okay. So it starts at 11, goes three to five. Then you have a break where you can go get some food. And then it starts again at six and goes through to half past 10. So in theory, it's like 11 hours straight of darts or 11 hours total of, of the darts. That's a it's long as long time. As, uh, SummerSlam two it's, years ago. It's a long time to be watching the darts, mm. and um, yeah, as you alluded to, yeah, there, there's a key component of watching the darts live, and I would imagine probably why a lot of people go to watch the darts live. Drinking is a big part of it. All the T-shirts for the darts, if they don't say "Stand up if you love the darts," it's all about I like to drink, and there's also the darts. So. Yeah, drinking is a massive part of it. And because the darts is a very classy affair, um, all the barmaids are busty blondes and they wear low-cut pink uh, vest tops with bras and, and cleavage on show. And then they come around and ask you if you want drinks. And you essentially get table service. Oh, nice. But it's in your tiered seating. That sounds great. Um, so it is quite an experience. I'm amazed that there are people that do it for four days because it is a four-day-long thing. I did it for one, and I didn't even watch all the games because we went to the pub. After, like When we came back from lunch, me and a couple of the other guys in the sector were, kind of, were falling asleep in our seats. So we went to the pub instead. Because it, because it is like tiered. So it's not like you've got a round table. So no, it's, it's, proper... it's tiered seating. Yeah, we, yeah. And we were in the cheap seats. So we were in the... Like, if you're not in the tiered seatings, you're actually on the floor in benches. Ooh. Like school benches. No backs. Yeah, with no backs, Good and move. it's also like the you're seating it because it's a bench. You're all just like cranking your neck to to look up, which I can't imagine is that comfortable. Granted, I suppose you get the party like atmosphere because you're on the floor, mm. and that's where all the real drinking is. And costumes are another big thing as well. Going in like uh, as a group of lads uh, in, in like themed costumes. Well, you were on a stag. Surely there was there was some costume. Costume fun party. I, I was I was wearing what I'm wearing currently. What about the stag? Uh, the stag was wearing a um, oh you know classic stag pants. He was wearing a um, uh, like a high vis vest that on the back had a picture of the Stig from Top Gear, 
with like stag antlers and it's like i am the stag that is one of the most basic outfits <laughs> for a stag party i've ever heard but we did have a we had a good time had a lot of drink i i enjoyed myself but it was um i don't think i would watch the darts live again long is is certainly how i would describe it long. I, I used to watch darts as a kid oh, yeah? so uh you've got kind of two I, I would argue for not so much cricket but uh snooker darts to an extent cricket to an extent uh baseball as well you've got the super nerdy people who watch it because they genuinely enjoy the numbers and the technique that was me as a teenager with snooker and to an extent the darts uh but then you've got the huge drinking atmosphere well Mostly everyone else are just casual fans. But rather than go down the pub, they go to the darts yeah. or the cricket. And stay at Butlins. Yeah, yeah, and stay at Butlins. And also, do you know how much a, a t-shirt is for your favourite the darts player is? Ooh, £40. No, mate, that's too cheap. You're kidding. 60 quid. What? 60 quid for a t-shirt of your favourite the darts player. And I... I text my wife about this and I was like, I'm never going to complain about buying a 20 quid t-shirt at a gig <laughs> ever again. 60 quid, man. Hey, it's because they're steaming. Everyone's steaming. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy a 60 quid t-shirt of Phil the Power Taylor. It, do, it does feel a bit, uh, actually quite wrestling in that. Like I was like, I bet you a lot of the darts players make a lot of money from their merchandise. Well, there's a guy who's got like a big pink mohawk mm. and he's selling like mohawk, big pink mohawks like you know that as like a bit of merchandise probably didn't help that he got knocked out in the first round but you know well um to to give you some darts business and snooker business law i think i'm getting this correct uh darts traditionally before i'd say 2005 well, before the noughties really was kind of a bit of a laughed at sport because it wasn't really considered a sport it's a pub game yeah it's a pub game uh and you just get people who, who would go along because they enjoyed darts. And you get a few drinkers as well. Then a chap called Barry Hearn, who is a promoter, a sports promoter, came on board. And he made darts more wrestling-like. So everyone got entrance oh, music. There was an yeah, MC that right. really yeah, yeah. whipped up the crowd. The, the, you've got the girls uh, who are there for pictures and whatnot, like, mm -hmm. like sort of... Uh, what do you call them in boxing? Like ring girls. Yeah, ring girls, where they or they hold up the rounds. Yeah. The number of the round. So all that stuff, uh, lights, all the like crazy yeah, displays, yeah, true, I imagine yeah. all that was there. Was there any pyro? Uh, I didn't see any pyro. That yeah. might have been later on in the evening. Probably so, was for the final on yeah. the Sunday. So that as well. And that's like where yeah. this whole drinking culture really took off because that's of Barry Hearn's introduction of that stuff. Mm. And then he moved on to snooker. And he started to bring all those same presentation right. styles in the snooker. And the snooker crowd are a bit more like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but some things have stuck. Like you've got nick a lot more nicknames. I mean, you've yeah. always had nicknames, but now it's done. To, everyone's got one. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're like entrances, big MC stuff, uh, shh, like Goldberg style pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah. And then they also tried to change the format of the snooker tournament throughout the year. So it's more of a league thing rather than here are your big tournaments. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so that's... So th it is all wrestling. Everything in 2019 is wrestling. Uh, before we get onto the show, can I give you a bit of observational comedy uh, that, that I saw, that I observed while I, I was hit at the show? Up, hit me up. So your man who does like the darts announcements, when it's a score that's over 100, he'll get like 110! 
140, 156. He gets like proper into it, like really gruff voice. Mm. Really, 180 and all that. If it's below like 100, it'll be 95, 42. Like there's a tinge what, of be Alan there's a tinge of disappointment that he can't do the proper voice. <laughs> like he's really hoping he's like nearly nearly ninety three. I think you undersold one hundred and eighty. Oh, I'd imagine he'd freak the hell oh, out. Everyone joins in. Everyone's got signs that say hundred and eighty. So like, oh, it's a big thing when it's like one hundred and eighty. It's a yeah. big deal. Uh, again, if you don't know what darts are, America. <laughs> It's that 180 is the best score you can get. Uh, yes, it is, isn't it? Um, anyway, fun times. Let's get on with the show, which was more fun than Raw. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, it was longer, but didn't feel as long. Um, so this is our review of the episode of Raw. We're going to kick off with what the hell are WWE doing with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch? Here's the show. Well, it was a storyline that ran throughout the entire night of Raw. They had a few storylines that wove um, through the entire episode. Usually that's a good thing. Didn't really do anything for me. But one of them was setting up the Ronda Rousey title vacation. She took a vacation from the title. Yeah, so the story last week was that Ronda laid down the belt. And we said on, the, on last week's WrestleMania... Well, so has she vacated the title? What's going on here? They didn't really offer much explanation on commentary either. And then Stephanie said in this show, Ronda vacated the title. So at Fastlane, we're going to have a match between Charlotte and Becky. And the winner of that will become the new Raw Women's Champion. I suppose it doesn't matter that they're both SmackDown stars. But hey, brand split, lol. You see, just in that one little announcement, you've already left out a few massive things. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Because Becky Lynch, at the start of this episode, was suspended, was suspended, yeah. and, and WWE were pursuing criminal charges against her. So in this one little bit where Charlie Caruso's backstage with Stephanie McMahon, and she says, "Hey, so so what is going on?" And Stephanie's like, "Oh yeah, so we've uh, she so Becky's unsuspended. Um, she's all the charges have been dropped, and now there's a, Ronda has vacated the title." And it's that fast lane match to decide the new Raw Women's Champion. So already, already, this storyline blood feud is held up with the shakiest foundations. Yeah, really, if I'm Charlie Caruso, I'd be asking Stephanie McMahon, why did you kick out Becky's leg a few weeks ago? Another, are you a heel or are you a babyface? <laughs> What's going on with your dad? He disappeared. He, he inserted Charlotte Feud into this flair. Charlotte Feud? <laughs> Maybe that should be her name. That's her new gimmick. Charlotte Feud into this flair. Charlotte Feud all up in my flair. And then this all built towards the main event segment, which was... Now we've got the Charlotte and Becky Lynch match booked. Bear in mind, Becky's not 100%, so she's got to sign a document. Okay, okay. She was medically cleared yes, a couple but, of weeks ago. But then, oh, what happened to her? Look, this is one of the problems. I'm sure it all makes sense. and We're forgetting <laughs> a, a, like a five-minute backstage bit where Becky was medically, like she was taken out again. But this is such a confusing, overbooked, muddled story that it is just insane. Someone did say, I think it was on the Wrestling Observer board, was just like, can we just reset this timeline to January 28th again when this feud was just about Ronda versus Becky and it all made sense? 
this all of the stuff that's happening does not need to happen. This goes maybe a little bit of Nia Jax. <laughs> maybe a little bit of Nia Jax to play off what happened at Survivor Series. Why isn't it Becky versus Nia at Fastlane to get her prepared and ready for her Ronda Rousey match at WrestleMania? I guess she got her comeuppance at, at Royal Rumble. I think By uh, who? By Randy Orton? I forgot about yeah, I d- <laughs> Okay, so back to this one. Back to this segment. Uh, it's the main event, and Charlotte and Becky have to sign this hold harmless agreement, which I forget it exists. It's a thing they bust out every couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in one of those weird legal things that that majority children audience don't really care about. Nope. Uh, I don't really care about it either. Um, but it's, it, it it's adds a thing realism to it, though, Ollie. It adds realism. Uh, Becky still comes out on a crutch, so I guess she she is hurting. And then Stephanie's like, "Okay, so you're both signing the thing." And then Ronda Rousey turns up because I don't know when she left to to arrive. I think at she the show. So from what I can gather is that she laid down the title last week. And then she left the building and has been walking ever since to get to where they are now. And she just she arrived just in time for the end of this show because she was walking with purpose. She was like, remember that uh, um, when Bart's trying to cut school and Skinner's chasing him and he just sort of like walks through that water and then walks up and there's not a, like it hasn't changed expression. <laughs> That's what Rhonda was like here. She was just storming out. I don't know why it made me laugh. The way she was storming to the ring. That wasn't the only thing that would make me laugh about Rhonda's performance here. She, I mean, maybe she walked with such purpose because she's the only person who knows what's going on here. <laughs> she walks back into this segment and she says, look, I, I, well, now Becky's back. I can have my title back. Yeah, this is what I wanted. I wanted Becky in the WrestleMania match. I didn't vacate the title. I gave it to you for to hold for a week. Can I have it back now? So Stephanie says, okay, okay, here's the title back. And you're like, well, that, what was the point of all of that then? <laughs> and then you're like, actually, weirdly, that's kind of consistent with her character because just a couple of weeks ago, the exact same emotional payoff happened when Becky was like, oh, so you just want me to apologize? And Triple H and Stephanie were like, yep, yep. yep you're, re- you're unsuspended now. And I, So what was the point of that then? <laughs> and why did you make Becky apologize? Look, that... This is this is one of those open goal feuds that has been set up since Survivor Series long term booking. We were like, this is you know, there's no way they can screw this up. There's no way they can screw up the NXT call ups of Alistair Black, Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano. But somehow WWE managed to do it. Yeah, somehow it's it. Oh, I say this every week. It's McMahon, Bret Hart all over again. Of just like, aha, we've got this ready-made feud. There's no way we can F this up. Uh-oh, we've got eight weeks. Now what do we do? D- stories. What we need is a storyline. That's how you'll get this over. And it's just adding layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of unneeded nonsense just to get us to a match. Like, this was, even if you wanted to do it as a triple threat, this was the easiest thing to do in the world then. Have Becky win the Rumble, have Charlotte beat Becky at Fastlane to get inserted into the match, and you still carry on a blood feud between the three of them. You didn't need Stephanie McMahon and vacating a title and not vacating a title and Becky being injured and signing paperwork and fighting for the Raw Women's Championship despite being a SmackDown person out of pay-per-view and then Ronda. It just, like, it didn't need all of this. It just needed just 
a little pinch of blood for you. Basically, what Ronda and Becky are doing on Twitter. And the, that's the most remarkable thing about this. All that stuff they were doing last week with Becky and Ronda going back and forth on Twitter appeared to be setting up this angle on Raw and setting up this Ronda heel turn. Because she did say, I'm going to beat the S-word out of you when I see you next. And she delivered on that promise. So all of that stuff was a brilliant little work to set up here. It feels like whenever Heyman is doing this, because apparently it was Heyman that's like orchestrating the social media side of things, that's when this sort of works. Because mm. all the social media stuff is what people like about this feud. And and the, the McMahons, I think, is is the most negative aspect of the whole thing, both creatively behind the scenes and uh, annoyingly in front of camera. Like, really, what is Stephanie adding to this entire thing? Why does she weirdly put people down, then weirdly get on their side? Uh, she cut a promo on Ronda to close the show. Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned yeah. it yet. Ronda turned heel. Ronda <clears throat> yeah. turned heel in all of this. So this is the promo that Ronda cuts when she gets back the title a week after kind of vacating it. So she says, I am onto the crowd. So that was the most clear indication to me that this was a kind of heel turn. I am not your dancing monkey. Not anymore. Damn your fantasies. Damn the man. Screw the woo. And no more Mrs. Nice bitch. And in all that as well, she was saying, I give you everything and you booed me in my hometown. This was a real like I'm turning heel on the crowd. I don't care about what you think anymore. I'm just going to come hit down here and kick some ass. And I, I'd say this was almost full-on heel turn. And the way that Stephanie cut the promo afterwards on Ronda made it seem like, yeah, okay, so Stephanie is definitely a babyface and Ronda is definitely the heel. I've been saying Steph's been a babyface for weeks now because I'm almost certain she is. I am 95% sure she is the babyface in this situation. And Ronda is now the heel. And it's now like, it's the WrestleMania feud from last year, only the roles have been reversed. Look, I, I like the idea of Becky Lynch being sort of the people's baby face and you've got Charlotte as this corporate champion. Uh, sorry, sorry, corporate uh, heel. And then you've got Ronda Rousey who was getting... I mean, anyone who's not Becky is going to get booed. And Ronda was starting to get booed in this feud. It makes sense for them to turn a heel. I think that's a very smart move. Uh, I've got an issue with how muddled and overbooked everything else has been. And now you've got Rousey as an anti-corporate heel, which is which is quite an interesting dynamic and a good way to just not replicate the Charlotte thing. Like, you wouldn't want both Rousey and Charlotte aligned with the McMahons Oof, to yeah. take out Lynch. That would be the worst possible thing that could happen. Uh, but, yeah, sh should we just try and recap everything that's happened since Royal Rumble, which <laughs> I just assumed was two months ago. It was five weeks ago. Yeah. The other thing, like, so this show overall felt like the Raw team or WWE woke up on Monday morning and were like, oh, man, well, Fastlane's in three weeks, so we really need to, like, pepper out what we're going to do for the... What? It's Sunday? Uh-oh. Well, let's just condense all of those three-week stories into one episode here. We've got three hours. Hey, hey, hey we can do it. February's a short month. <laughs> it, it always catches, it catches me by surprise. Out. It catches you out. They had Elimination Chamber as well. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Becky wins the Royal Rumble. Yes, by not being entered into the Royal Rumble, 
she then entered her, well, Fit Finley entered her in, and then she eliminated Charlotte last. Because she wasn't medically cleared. Then we had a couple of weeks. No, she was medically cleared. She fought Asker early in the night. Oh, good point. But she, okay, so she wasn't medically cleared after that. No, because Nia Jax injured her at, at, in the Royal Rumble. After she eliminated yes. Nia Jax, she beat her up on the outside. Yes. And then she won it like with one leg. And then she wouldn't, and we liked the feud back then. This, yeah. was, a, this was a nice, <laughs> yeah. nice idea playing off when she wasn't cleared for Survivor Series. So Becky was saying, I can't, we were so positive about that because it was such a, a, a really nice character beat for her. And there were loads of ways you could read it. The McMahons weren't gonna, that like said she had to get medically cleared. Becky said she wouldn't. And so she was suspended. So, yeah, so she, um, she suspended then. So she, she indefinitely suspended. Um, and then, and, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember. Right. Because she, she was having the promos with Stephanie and Triple H. That's when Stephanie kicked out her leg. Yeah. And then the following week was when they said, oh, you are medically cleared, so now you get your match. Because Becky got checked out by her own doctors and WWE's doctors. They And then they said, the suspension is lifted. One more thing, though. You've got to apologize to us. Oh, and that will unsuspend... Or that's how you get your match back. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then that she does apologize to them. And then Vince McMahon comes out and replaces her with Charlotte Flair anyway. Yes. Which really, like, what's the point of the Royal Rumble? That 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 has not been addressed really, that and how all that undermines the structure of the year. <laughs> and then we get Charlotte Flair. So Becky is then suspended by Vince McMahon. Yes, off the for, back of for that. sixty days, so she can't be back until after the Royal uh, after WrestleMania. Yeah, and then Becky jumps the barricade and, and elimination, she, elimination chamber. chamber, and she beats up Ronda and, and Charlotte. Be and Charlotte. Yep. But, and and that, she was injured at that point because she was on the crutch. And then she gets arrested. That was the week after. Or was that the, Okay, so she's arrested and then she's suspended again. And then because of that, Ronda lays down the title. Yes. And, and, and then the week after, it's vacated. And yeah, so it, it didn't need to be this way. It really didn't. But at the end, like, what were you expecting? I, I guess that's the only way to look at it. It's like, what were we expecting? Yeah, I mean, I, I was expecting a uh, a coherent feud that really just goes down to the, the solid basics of why it's working, which is Becky versus Ronda. I just feel like if I'm WWE at this point, I'm doing I'm doing WrestleMania where Elimination Chamber is three weeks after the Rumble, where I've got the I've got the least amount of time possible to screw things up. Because when you give them ten weeks, they're like, uh oh, because you just change. Like it's it really annoys me that people kept saying to me, "It's like, oh no, they are following up on Stephanie kicking out Becky's." Like, are they? It's never been mentioned since. They just drop. They just add things in, then drop them. Last week's with Ronda laying down the belt felt like it was going to build to something else, and then it just felt like, ah, no, we're changing changing our mind now. She just wants her belt back. Okay, cool. Here you go then. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems. So that that those four weeks of TV was so overbooked, and there was so much going on. And it really took away from the seriousness of it all and it just made it so pro-wrestling and unbelievable and loads of other bits added in like the McMahons and Charlotte. And then this week had like at least three of those crazy weeks in two segments. <laughs> yeah. So it was, just, it was so muddled. And just to cap it off, you had the show running short because from what it seemed to me, Ronda just rushed through her promo and didn't didn't she after just rush through it? She she garbled all of those words. Yeah, and said them as quickly as she possibly could. Although Meltzer said on Twitter that like the 
it was the show was designed to be that way. It was designed to have the Stephanie promo at the end so she could close out the show and put over this fact that it feels like so, okay so the promo the, that stephanie cut at the end of this show which is like who does ronda think that she is ronda is going to get what's coming to her after wrestlemania which suggests to me that's how they're going to write ronda out of storylines after wrestlemania because the reports are she's leaving mm. after wrestlemania to start a family so they've done this to set up that ronda won't be around so like once she loses the title at mania stephanie can suspend her and that gets Ronda off TV until we need her back in October or something like that for you know the Fox deal. Mm. So that's what I, I figured the Stephanie promo was there for. It's to sort of plant some seeds that are going to grow into storyline plants down the line. Do you know what the most ba- like the most crazy thing about this Ronda Becky situation is? I, just, I, I, I can well, give you so many. Okay, well this is I'm going to add another little you know a little more to your to your your worries Great. and your concerns. Great. I would say four weeks ago, four weeks ago, let's say, you and I would say on this show, and Fakador would say it, and I think a lot of people would say in the comments, there is no other match that can headline WrestleMania at this point. There is no match that could headline WrestleMania above Becky versus Ronda versus Charlotte. It's the most important feud in WWE right Mm. now. It's the feud that everyone's so invested in. And just like now, just a few weeks later, we're sitting there going like, Actually, Kofi versus Brian seems like a much hotter <laughs> feud right now. And this Becky Ronda thing is actually yeah. probably middle of the card. It feels a bit cold now. It's I, I think injuring Becky, while I really liked that for those first two weeks. Uh, Where Triple H was just like, you're faking your injury because you're afraid of failure. You don't want to you don't want to get cleared because you don't want to be embarrassed at WrestleMania. Then a week later, he was a babyface and mm. said, no, no, we really like you. We want to put you in this match. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you've got the, the other side of that argument where Becky doesn't trust the WWE doctors from Survivor Series and that but when they cleared her and then they said oh but to get reinstated you just have to apologize that's that was the suffering succotash moment for me I think I even said it at the time I was like that that's that concerns me because that is not what Becky's character is and that to, to, to misjudge something so bad makes me think WWE doesn't know what Becky's character is and why she's so appealing to us and it's just it has called off her momentum and being like there's only so many walkthroughs the crowd when you're suspended or arrested and hobbling all the time as well not being able to wrestle it just it has derailed her momentum considerably and like you said cooled off yeah uh, someone on our patreon said that she's cooler than a vanilla ice song when which is because that's Bear. both because he's cool uh i think more because he had a song called ice ice baby right. Uh, and Not that Vanilla Rice was cool, although 1991, Luke Owen would tell you that he was the coolest. So, I, I mean, to me, the Stephanie thing looked rambled. Even if it was planned, it came off as, as just weird because why would you put that there as one of your closing visuals when the important thing here is Ronda effectively turning heel on Becky and Charlotte watching on? Like, that's that's the that's the most important thing. Don't cut back to Stephanie. And then it cuts back to Ronda on the on the second turnbuckle celebrating and just to cap off what was just a complete lunatic last 20 minutes where everything was thrown against the wall and it felt like it was just being made up on the spot you had a guy a, probably a producer off camera just shouting tell her to hold the title up right he's literally goes ronda hold the title up Ronda, hold the... Like, loudly as you possibly can. And I just... That, I was like, that caps it off for me. That's... <laughs> what an amateur hour of, of just basic storytelling. 
I was really, I was really disappointed. You see, that's why you have NXT. You need to know where the hard camera is. Ronda missed all of those classes because we went straight to the main roster. Maybe Vince has got a point. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Uh, but let's do some Patreon shout-outs before we wrap up here. Thank you, Paulie Dangerously Jarman. Oh, oh good man. One of running ones. The Craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Woo. Whoa, there yes. he is. The $100 man, C.D. Horvath. Oh, yes. Kratos's Forgotten Son, Chris Petrow. Petro. Is, is that right? It might be Petro. Petro, we, we did this the yeah, other day. That's right. In our, um, Petro. Yeah, I think it's Petro. Christos. Petro. Yeah, but he did say in that email he's just going to call himself Chris because we did it so poorly okay, last time. that's fair enough. You've changed your name, Phil Stockton. <laughs> L, did he, did he request this? Yeah. Oh, he's done this on purpose. <laughs> oh, and I'll be honest, I gave it to you on purpose so you could do here, and I've given it to Laurie to do it. El Seguente Top Model de Gran Bretagne. El Seguente Top Model de Gran Bretagne. Phil, Phil Stockford. Stockford. The so event's Britain's top model. That just the, means yeah. Britain's top model. That's right. Um, the events known as Chris Anderson to decide the best in the world. Whoa, yeah. hey, Chris. 
Uh, ben, hey now, you're a rock star. Hey, Lee. Oh, lovely oh, stuff. The bearded zombie cat, Zach, whose uh, brother's birthday it was yesterday. Happy Samuel birthday. 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 It's my brother's birthday today as well. He's no jackass, Dano. Oh, yes. Whoa. And finally for today, Patreon's number one, Zach Gibson. The actual episode was kicked off by Roman Reigns, who came out and, you know, everyone's still on his side and being very positive towards him. Even, even I. Yeah. I was excited to hear the Big Dog's music. Yeah, no, it was nice. And yeah. Roman came out. He's, I, th- I think he's just enjoying being out in front of the crowd again. He's kind of like sort of like soaking it all in, taking his... And they've got three hours to fill, so you can take as long as you want to make your entrance, Roman. Most people are watching during this first hour anyway, so you, you take your time, yeah. lad. R- Ronda's got a promo later, so <laughs> fill as much as you need to at the start. And they like recapped everything that Roman went through last week with his announcement about being in remission, which, of course, Ollie Davis is all a work. It's yeah. It was, yeah, it was all just one big work, mate. Uh, and then how uh, he and Seth then saved Dean later on in the night against Elias um, in a segment that'll sort of pay off <laughs> later on in the show. Um, yeah, and he talks about like he's he's back. He's here to take back his yard. He wants the Universal Championship. Well, did he say Universal Championship? Because that's why I thought this was a very good piece of writing. He said, now I'm back. There's something that I want. And... My shield brother, Seth Rollins, is in the way. Well, that would mean there's the Universal Championship. No, 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 no. Right? The shield. Uh, well, yeah, but Seth's always on his side. Seth no, was on but, his side last but week. It's Seth not wanting to be with Dean. Oh, That's the problem. I see what you're so saying. Seth Rollins comes out and he's like, and Seth Rollins playing up all the, hey, Brock Lesnar, you know, you, I'll, I'll use your inspiration to be them and then, you know, maybe we can have a little rough and tumble afterwards. And Roman's like, I'm not talking about the Universal Championship. I wish you best of luck, though. I'm When I had leukemia, I, it sort of made me reevaluate my life and what's important. And what's important is spending time with the people that matter most. I want to get the band back together one last time. One last time. They were very clear on that throughout mm. the show. For This will be the final time that the Shield are a tag team. Yeah, because last time is very final. In wrestling. Yes, absolutely. There are very, yeah, there are so many examples of something happening for the last time, and that is obviously the Uh, last time it's ever happened. Yeah, wrestling last times, uh, comic book deaths, Uh, rap retirements. Gimmicks. But there are some things that just always stay that way. Yeah, this will be the final time. But yeah, they were very much just like very, like knocking the nail on the head saying this is the final time that the Shield are going to be a tag team, uh, which will be announced later on in the night. And um, yeah, and, and this they call out Dean. Dean comes out and he's looking a bit sort of like questionable with himself. He's not sure if he wants to rejoin his brothers. But before he can say anything, Elias uh, pops out and knocks him on the back of the head with a guitar. And as I've written here, Ambrose sells it like he's been shot. Yeah. <laughs> like the well, grassy knoll. He's having fun. Uh, and Dean limps off before Reigns and Rollins can really say anything. But oh boy. They'll say stuff to him later. <laughs> uh, this cuts back to Charlie Caruso with Baron Corbin's mid-card of evil backstage. And they they claim to have beaten them the last time. Well, Drew says that he broke the team up months ago um, when he was part of the Dogs of War with Braun and Dolph. And they, I mean, they lost all of those matches, right? Yeah, and didn't they drop the titles to Dean and Seth? Yes, the night that Dean turned heel, yeah. Uh, But I guess you broke up the shield that way. I don't know. 
I it it was stupid for them to say, and they lack all credibility anyway. And then they came out for a six man tag against Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle, and Finn Balor, which happened. Less than a month ago. This is when I had a sudden worry that, oh, this is going to feel like a very repetitive episode of Raw, which was not helped by the following match either. Mm. So this this was fine. This was a fine match. Six-man tags always have an element of fun, especially when Balor's in there and Strowman doing his run around the ring. Uh, that was the thing that cost them because Bobby charged Leo Rush into the timekeeper's Bra- area. Braun charged Leo Rush. Yes, yeah. And Bobby, because... do- Bobby dodged out the way and Braun squashed poor little Leo Rush into the barrier and they all died. And then uh, Bobby got into the ring and speared Balor mm. um, because, of course, you did. Are we are we doing the Angle retirement storyline? Is as that has it just been dropped? What about the Intercontinental title? Well, it's not being defended at Fastlane. No. I this is just look, I am not into the mid card heels, but at least do like the. The Braun angle and Balor stuff at least kind of give them some momentum coming out of this. But it felt like the promo they cut beforehand, Bobby was sort of cutting a promo saying, like, I'm going to get my Intercontinental Championship back. And it felt like that Drew still wants to retire Kurt Angle. So maybe they're just like, those storylines are still there, but they've got the shield to deal with first. So maybe they'll pick those storylines back up after Fastlane. Which is great. Yeah, I fully expect that to happen. But to me, the viewer, that makes it sound like... These feuds aren't important. <laughs> These are second to the shield, which, you know, is true. It's true, really. Pretty but, much. But, like, there's a, there must be a way to, to book all of this without making one feel like a plan B or a cheap version. So I was just going on to uh, Fastlane to see if we had, like, if they'd announced Finn versus Bobby for the Intercontinental Championship at Fastlane. So, like, I was about to say, I bet you they'll announce it on Thursday on social media and we'll have already recorded the uh, predictions video. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, and then I remembered that Bobby's in that six-man He's tag. Six so we couldn't have that match anyway. Uh, so the the heels keep beating up Bala and Angle afterwards. They do the choke slam spot onto the steel steps on Finn. Oh, he hit his head hard as yeah. well. I d- and that, it was happening, and I just thought, oh, okay, so Reigns and Rollins are running down? Right, that, I, read, I was like, where's the shield? Where are the Hounds of Justice? Like, you don't need Ambrose. You can still tell that story, because the, one of the narrative threads was uh, Seth and Reigns trying to get Dean back on side. But, yeah, it felt really... It made Seth and Dean, Seth and Reigns, really, look like dicks. I yeah, I was, I was fully expecting... All right, we'll hit the musical hit, and they'll run down, and that'll like set up something they can do later on in the show that will build up to the match at Fastlane. But no, the mid card of Evil just completely killed poor Finn Balor and chokes him on some steps, and then they stood tall. Which makes sense if you're pushing a big Shield match at the pay per view this Sunday. Like that, that bit, that end bit, that visual makes sense. But all the story and the build around it just. It undermines everything. Yeah. So, also, I wouldn't have done it to your Intercontinental Champion, but, you know, the title means nothing for him. Uh, after this, we got the... Uh, it was a backstage heavy machinery promo that played a clip from earlier on, probably from WWE.com, and the Ascension, a mocking heavy machinery with the B-team and Kurt Hawkins 
and Zack Ryder in a locker room. Yeah, it was proper like heels. Like the, the Ascension were yucking it up with their, their own jokes. Victor was really good. Yeah, and being like, yeah, he likes weight. He's a dumb bell. <laughs> Which I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah, that Victor was good in this segment. Um, I don't get why Ryder and Hawkins were there. I, d- I never saw them as heels. They're not, but you have to set up the gauntlet match for later on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fitting square pegs into round holes, <laughs> jamming it all through the booking We've meeting. we got three hours to fill. But this cuts back to, I think it was Charlie, saying, uh, so how do you feel about all those horrible things, you stupid man? You're ugly and smelly. What do yeah. you think? And Otis delivers his line, not in his usual eccentric style, but just like, that, uh, that, that hurt my feelings. Yeah, and Tucky says that, uh, that Otis will hurt those that hurt his feelings. I thought, I know, Otis is of course always good value for money. His delivery of this line, made for the first time beyond, oh, they're fun to watch, made me go, I want to see him get his revenge. Yeah. No, I was, yeah, I was yeah. genuinely, I thought that was a very good bit for Otis. Unfortunately, it didn't, didn't pay off and it made them look a bit rubbish. Uh, Natalia took on Ruby Riot next. Crowd were completely dead. Natty wins. Yeah, in minutes. Yeah. In minutes. Good, with good a shock jo- roll-up victory. <laughs> good job, uh, Ruby got the rub from the, that Ronda few day. And then like, they can't even give Natalia a, a, a focus on her win because Lacey Evans does her half walk down to the ring, half walk back. This gimmick sucks. This, like... So Kenny McIntosh was saying on Twitter last week, he's like, oh, I love seeing people get worked up about this Lacey Evans gimmick. It's really great. And I'm like, no, people are getting worked up because it's going nowhere. It's just taking up time on TV and not building to anything. She's just doing stuff. And it's not getting her over. And now they're calling her the Sassy Southern Belle. Great. I'd love to see some character from this Sassy Southern Belle other than I walk for a bit, then I walk back. And nothing ever comes of it. Mm. Nothing ever comes of this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine to do this for a... I mean, it's, it's fine to do this pretty boring idea for a week, four weeks, but now it's been going on for It feels like a, a long while. time. And that's off the back of the, the vignettes that were running for a month as well. It's, it's just endless. But didn't actually... I say we, it's felt like it's been doing this for a long time, but didn't it only start at Elimination Chamber? Or was she doing it before then? I, yeah, maybe you're right. But maybe it feels like it's longer because it's on both shows. I don't know. I've 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 lost faith in. I mean, definitely lost faith in that that end of 2018 round of NXT. Yeah, where's Nikki Cross? Uh, uh, next up, we oh, got what? Other question. Yeah. What happened to uh, Natty's feud with Dana Brooke? <laughs> oh God, uh, the hanging out with Mojo Rawley. You remember the? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, next up, we got what I, I so it's a sa- <laughs> it's a Saturday Night Live thing, yeah. Uh, with with two chaps, Michael Che and something Jost. No idea. We don't get Saturday Night Live here in the UK. Names. No idea who they were. I didn't think this company did a good job of introducing who they are. Uh, apart from saying they're from Saturday Night Live. My only thing I took away from this was like Colin Joss. Well, they're Michael the Jay. if they are from Saturday Night Live, they're never in any of those videos they get shared around on the internet of them like doing send ups of politicians and like current events. Mm. So if they are from Saturday Night Live, they 
almost feel like they're the B team of Saturday Night Live. Well, I, I don't know. I think that... But maybe they're massive on it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're the co-head writers from what I read. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And great, they, that's great. That that sort of correspondence segment that they, they lead is, is one of the long-running skits. So Stand I would... Corrected. that Yeah, I think... Uh, I didn't mind the way they were introduced uh, because you, I can fill in the blanks. Okay, they're Saturday Night Live. They must be a big deal. And I'm sure they're huge in America. That's that's a very big show. That's it. As I said, we don't get it over here. Um, but to, to have this dramatic video package about Ric Flair being beaten up last week and then to cut to Stephanie McMahon. Hey, how's it going, guys? Nice to have you along. These are going to be the WrestleMania special guest correspondents. It was, it was such a jar of tone, especially because Stephanie was kind of involved in that angle yeah. with Triple H and she was down there for the Rick Flair bit. Yep. I just yeah, and and this fine. They're they're there. Celebrity involvement in WrestleMania. It's a standard thing. They'll it's get inducted into the Hall of Fame in a couple of years' time. But they had two more segments that I took significant issue with. <laughs> okay, after this we get Triple H's promo uh, Batista cuts an Instagram promo saying that he he's he's not there this week because he's scared of Triple H or anything like that. He just doesn't like Philadelphia. No offense. Yeah, which was which was fun. And he says, but he will be not that I like Pittsburgh for next week, but I'm gonna be there. Still, yeah. he's getting heel heat in advance. So Batista was great. I thought his delivery was fantastic. He had a nice bit at the end where he said, "We're gonna play by my rules until the game's over." See what I did there. <laughs> it was just it was a nice it was a yeah. great delivery heel, heel Batista's great I like yeah. heel Batista uh, and Triple H wanted to cut a promo about uh, he wasn't there to celebrate Ric Flair's birthday he was there to celebrate the, the, the life of Richard F- uh, Flair 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 like, I'm not sure how you've I've always just said it Flair to be honest yeah. even when I've seen it written down in the correct way Flair Flair there's an H in there yeah it's uh, I I liked Hunter's delivery. You know, I, th- I thought Hunter's delivery was great. Surprise, surprise. He's very good at doing promos. But the content didn't sit right with me. He he brought up a nice joke about how Rick was uh, at his wedding. Uh, I tried to be at all of Rick's weddings. Couldn't be there for all of his weddings. Which was funny. And then, But then he, he transitioned from that quite, quite clum- clumsily, I would say into how he was by Rick's side when Rick buried his son and last year when Rick had that health scare. And Triple H was, you know, did this very well. He was choking up. Choking up, up. yeah, man. And uh, the crowd reacted very well. They were going like, woo! I just, uh, yeah, it didn't didn't sit right with me for whatever reason. Is the reason why, because I've seen a few people say this uh, in the Twitter sphere and online, uh, that it's because Triple H was cutting a promo, not as a wrestling promo, but it's about I'm going to fight you <coughs> as a real life person. Yes, and it's that it's those promos that say everything around you is fake, but this is real. And yeah. the problem when you do all this stuff over here is fake, like this Ronda Becky Charlotte stuff. That's all fake because that's a wrestling story. Now. But this match is real. Then you're like, well, why do I need to buy into the fake thing then? Yeah. It undermines everything on the, everything else on the show. Uh, everything that Triple H has ever done, it just implies that it was all made up beforehand. And yet, especially when you've got that made up, which is so overbooked and so stupid wrestling, you're like, well, this isn't real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, that is a part of it. 
because yeah, he he, t- he does the whole line like isn't this isn't a game. This is re- this is real life. You'll be looking. You won't be looking into the eyes of the character Triple H. You'll be looking into the eyes of the g- of the man. He Tri- never said Paul Levesque though. No, he didn't say Paul Levesque. No. It's, uh, yeah. And he and he buried like Batista's promo saying like, oh, what you're just going to be bad guy 101 now and just like you know get your local town heat. That's not how we're doing things. Yeah. So so all that stuff, I I thought what I thought was a bit lazy. Like it's fun to make stuff seem like a work shoot, but you want to make a work shoot that doesn't stop you believing in everything else. Yeah, it's funny. So Gorilla Position uh, praised this on their Twitter feed, saying like, "I, always, you know, we all love feuds that blur the lines between fiction and reality." And I'm like, I don't think this was blurring any lines. This feud was saying, "No, this is all real, and that stuff's fake." Yeah, it's weird that Ronda and Becky make me feel like their Twitter feud is real. But the the on TV stuff is completely fabricated. But Triple H and Batista are doing doing it the other way around. They're making yeah. yeah. Uh, I d- yeah I I liked the performance. I didn't like the content. And maybe I would have been fine with it if it hadn't come with all the other Saturday Night Live bull crap later on, mm-hmm. and how overbooked the main event has become. Perhaps yeah. Uh, but it's a good chapter. It's like a good next chapter to progress this on. And Batista and Triple H are going to have a showdown next week. Face to face. Charlie and Stephanie backstage after this. This is where Stephanie switch gears again. What is her character? Is she a face? Is she a heel? Is she an authority figure? Is she a McMahon? And said that we're going to get Charlotte versus Becky at Fastlane. Very overbooked. Then Roman goes to see Dean Ambrose backstage. <laughs> in a weird pipe room. And he said, So this is where you hang out, huh? You know, we've got a locker room. Yeah. This was fine. This was this was quite cute. Yeah. And I like that Roman said, you know, you can talk to me about anything. You and I, we can talk about anything you want. If there's anything that's on your mind. And Dean said, I've just got to get ready for my match. Mm-hmm. And he walks away. Then we got heavy machinery in the gauntlet match. I'm going to put this out there. It wasn't as good as the SmackDown gauntlet match a couple of weeks ago. No, no. The crowd was so dead. Oh, weren't they just? And the, uh, the B team... Hawkins and Ryder, The Ascension, yeah, those are guys you can beat. But I don't know if you want to beat them all (laughs) right from the get-go of the feud, one after the other. Like, where do you go from here? Well, that was what I found really odd about this, is that this feud was set up last week between Heavy Machinery and The Ascension, and then Heavy Machinery beat The Ascension, probably the easiest of the three, (laughs) and they did it second. Yeah, so, like, all of, like, the feud you're building up came in the middle of this gauntlet match, and you ended off with them facing off against Hawkins and Ryder, where there is no feud or storyline. Yeah. It was... It was... I, pff, heavy machinery are cool. that They didn't get over, really, apart from the Caterpillar The Caterpillar is the only thing that's yeah. over of, of their act. The Bushwhackers' shtick is not getting them over. No, and I feel like it didn't get heavy machinery over, and it definitely got the, the bottom card of the tag division under. Yeah. So there's this, like, if if you want to try and get people over, you need to be able to beat people that are on your level or above your level. Mm. And this was heavy machinery beating teams that are way below their level. So really, it's not it's not getting them over. It's dragging them down to the yeah. same level as the, the, the bottom of the barrel main event style guys of WWE, where EC3 is now, where EC3 is on main event losing to Apollo Crews. Yeah. 
So it was no good. And then Renee Young afterwards was like, hey, the worm's great. And Michael Cole. As quick as a flash, buried her. Oh, it was, it was, it was nasty. I didn't like it. It felt like the, the more toxic style of mansplaining. Scotty Too Hotty does the worm. That's the, that's the caterpillar. Yes, yeah, the caterpillar. You're an idiot. And then Renee tried to speak. And then they just steamrolled over her into yeah. the next segment. Like, Renee is... Renee's no good. <laughs> she has struggled. But, um, and I don't know how much of that is her talent, how much of that is direction from Gorilla Position and the producers. But give her a chart. Like, that she's not being helped out by anything. Mm. Uh, yeah. Speaking of um, Gorilla Position, I actually forgot to mention this when we were talking about it earlier, but in that Stephanie backstage promo, did you spot uh, Michael Hayes being told to get out of camera? No. <laughs> you could just see his little white trilby. Uh, and like, and his hair just sat there, and then his head go, hmm? oh. and then nice. he's like, and the camera kept trying to move around to try and frame him out of shots. Then we got a, an announcement that Tory Wilson is going into the Hall of Fame, which felt weird because they would make the same announcement with a video package a few segments later. Yep, they did just like the whole the whole episode felt ramshackle yeah, in the way it was put together. Because they announced Tori Wilson for the Hall of Fame, then had a promo for Captain Marvel, then announced Batista and Triple H face-to-face, then did an SNL skit, and then announced Tori Wilson again, but this time with a video package. Yeah, yeah, very haphazardly thrown together. Uh, about that Saturday Night Live guys skit. <laughs> so they're uh, Che and Jost. I've forgotten their names again. <laughs> they're walking... The, the good guy and the bad guy, because yeah. they did play up a babyface heel dynamic. Well, I've called, I called the cocky one and the other one. Mm. It's, it's basically what my notes are. Uh, the cocky one's walking along, and he says, I'm sure loads of American viewers are screaming at us at the moment. And that's absolutely fine. Mm. We, I, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. We don't get it here. I've got their names. I've got yeah. their names. I don't know who they are. They are Michael Che and Colin Jost. Yeah. It's the same if you have, like, you know, the lead a touchdown man from the Denver Broncos yeah. on your TV screen. Wouldn't know who that is either. Sports. Sports. And they're walking along backstage and the the babyface guy is saying something and the heel hey, guy is like, WWE's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm up to date. I'm really up to date. And he lists off like, I love the Bushwhackers and Razor Ramon. Coco Beware. And okay, that's that's the joke. That's a joke. I'm up to date, but I've all my references are in the 80s and 90s. That's a joke. It works if you then pay it off by him running face to face with a bunch of top tier stars. <laughs> but what happened instead? I confused this with the other segment, so yeah, sorry. What happened instead is they walk past EC3, a complete nobody at the moment, who's looking at himself in the mirror with a bottle of. Well, that, that that's an old trick where you spray the baby oil over yourself. Oh, is that what that was? I yeah. thought it was like window cleaner. Like, you know, for like, for the mirror. That's mm. what I thought it was. No, no, it's to, it's to oil yourself up. I see. You've got to hang out at the, the bodybuilding shows more. I guess so. And then they, they they walk past Titus O'Neil, who wanted to get a picture with the babyface one. And then No Way Jose did a conga line through them. And I'm like, yeah, WWE's crap these days. I want Razor Ramon. Yeah. There was a segment like this at WrestleMania a few years ago when people were talking about like, oh, you know, wrestling's a really weird place. And then they had like all the crazy old wrestling gimmicks kind of like run through and walk past everyone. And it was meant to be like, oh, look at that gimmick. That was funny. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was funny. And it was played up to be like, God, wrestling is weird, isn't it? But that's not what this segment was played up to be. I think this segment was meant to be wrestling is weird, but also look how cool they are. Mm. And I don't think yeah. that, that certainly didn't work. 
I thought I it, think that's the point. It wasn't funny, and it made the thing that I watch every week look uncool. So I think I think it failed on both counts of whatever they were trying to do. Yeah. If you're using celebrities to bring in your uh, your general audience of people who are like, hey, I know who those two are from Saturday Night Live. Um, what was it? Uh, it was um, Donald Trump's kid called it um, S and L. It's confusing the N for the yeah, anyway. Um, from S and L. And so they watch the show and they'll be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And then you see these crazy characters. It, I don't think it's going to make you go, I'm going to stick around and watch more of this. And also, oh, yeah, that guy I really like. He's in that. Th- he's in this WWE thing. I'll watch that. Oh, the guy I like doesn't know what WWE is. <laughs> yeah. So why should I care? Uh, then we got the full Tory Wilson Hall of Fame video package. I called it WWE's remake of Benjamin Button <laughs> because, again, she's aging backwards. She's... She looks younger now than when she did in the noughties. As I said in yesterday's news, she's <clears throat> the female Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the Charlotte Flair backstage promo, where she's very good as a heel as Great always. As a heel. Uh, she said that she's that the universe are going to bask in her her glory. glory. I was like, someone get Keith Lee on the phone. Gimmick infringement. He's just got new theme music with it in. Bask in his glory. For he is limitless. (laughs) Love Keith Lee. He's so Uh, good. He's, uh, I think she said something like that before. Uh, Then we get Seth going up to Dean Ambrose, asking to reunite the shield. Seth, tried his best with this dialogue but there's only so much you can do when you call someone your wrestling, wrestling soulmate, soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> for podcast listeners that was ollie davis headbutting the microphone in frustration i, d- I... <sighs> <laughs> we don't we don't need to unpack that anyway it's dean already... doesn't want to get the band back together um, because he's got a match next with Elias. Elias sings a song about how rubbish Philadelphia is. Yep, your and local sports team. D- Dean has a match with him. I thought Dean worked this match really well because he was selling his back injury from earlier when Elias took him out with a guitar. Yeah. And that played in to why Dean lost. He was going to go up to the top rope to do his usual double axe handle spot, but he couldn't get up there in time because his back was hurting. So when he jumped off... Elias hit him with this sick knee to the face. Oh, man. V-trigger out of nowhere. And then he won. He hit the drift away. Yeah, so... uh, Yeah, Dean puts another guy over. I I still think he's definitely on his way out. Well, thank God he beat EC3. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And Reigns and Rollins come down after Dean has lost to... I mean, really, Dean should win if you've got the Shield match on Sunday. But he lost because he didn't have the shield with him? I, I guess so, I guess so. But that's not really the story they told. Because it's not like Dean was being beaten up. Dean had to go and save Reigns. So what happened, Reigns and Rollins comes down. They try and get him to join. He leaves through the, the crowd, which was a nice touch, considering the shield's usual entrance. And then the mid-card of evil came out. Blah, blah, blah. Pathetic, Start, you're yeah, rubbish, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Start beating up Re- uh, Rollins and Reigns. And then Dean has to come and save him. So I don't think that story works out. No. Again, this is... Uh, Roman only came back last week. They had two weeks to book a, a storyline to get them to fast lane, And they had to kind of wrap up a lot of the storyline they'd been telling since Roman left back in November, October, November. So you had to, have to like put some bows onto all of these like loose ends to set up a match at fast lane Because in theory, you're losing Dean after April... This is the last time you can do a Shield reunion. So you, you, we've got to do it now because we can't do it at WrestleMania because Seth's busy. 
So I get that you really pushed and limited for time. You only had two weeks to book this. You really had to book this on the fly because no one knew, apart from a couple of top people, no one knew that Roman was coming back until last Monday. So I I, I can appreciate that. I, I, I get that. I get it. I think they've done a bad job. I think they've done a lazy job because just look at all the stuff that's scuppered. You've got Strowman, Angle and Balor are just fodder now. Like not that, that they, they play into nothing. And they really have been wasted for a month, that means, because they've been sort of on-off feuding with the mid-card of evil. And then Elias. What is the point of this Elias thing when he just walks off and he's not involved in anything afterwards? Yeah, because I think he was involved last week. Yeah, so it's a really messy feud. There's, there's, it doesn't work as a, as a nice story. Sure, there's motivation there, and it is like it is one way to get them there. But considering all the writing resources and people they have... There must have been a better way, e- even with Reigns coming back last minute, and you've got to change stuff, and it's you know you've got to do it all in two weeks for Fastlane. Even with all that, surely there's a better way to make it all work. I bet you last week it was an eight-man tag. <clears throat> I bet you that's why Eli- they did the Elias thing last week because they had plans to do it as an eight-man tag, and then Vince McMahon decided, nope, we just need the Shield. Scrap that bit, and we'll just do it this way. Maybe. Uh, I mean, they should. It should just be a Shield match. I completely I, I agree. I think like yeah. the Shield and Braun Strowman, it just becomes it, so muddled. If we're going to get the Shield for the very last time, I want it to be the Shield, not the With Shield. With Kurt Angle, <laughs> yes, you're right. And Triple H, yeah, yeah. All the other people have been shield. involved in the Shield. Uh, then we got Tamina beating Sasha Banks. <sighs> That's the way round you did it. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Bailey beating Nia Jax last week, and Banks. Lost to Tamina here. So they're, they're one win apiece for teams ahead of their tag title match this Sunday. But really, it should be, be Tamina losing. And keeping up with those consistent rules in WWE, Nia Jax pulled Banks out of the bank statement, not a DQ though, and then that allowed Tamina to still win. Commentary, I just want to add. Last week, I know you don't watch NXT because, you know, you're cool, apparently. I did last week. Actually, you, well, you watched the Dijak Keith Lee, Lee and match. Donovan DeJoseph, actually. <laughs> Which, a match that you said, I might watch NXT now. Oh, loved it. Um, so, on NXT last week, Bailey and Banks went back to NXT and they announced... I saw that, actually. We're yeah. defending our women's tag team titles on Raw, SmackDown and NXT. The next time you see us in NXT, we're going to be defending these tag team titles. It's going to be great because we're defending these belts across all three brands. Cut to Raw, they say, and Michael Cole says, and I quote, the titles will be defended on both brands, Raw and SmackDown. So... Is it, is the NXT stuff in main roster continuity, no. or is that just a, a side piece? Because what if, I mean, what if like Nia and Tamina win them this Sunday, but Bailey and Banks are still defending them in NXT, <laughs> like you know, in in months to come? <sighs> yeah. So I mean, we've already established that WWE has a continuity and overbooking problem. There's another one to add to the pile. Yeah. Uh, but my biggest problem, uh, other than the overbooking of the Ronda Becky thing, which is just throwing money away, uh, it, it will it is directly leading to increase decreased interest. I, I genuinely believe that. But sort of just just making everything look stupid and just finishing off Braun Strowman for 2019. Really. The 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 Saturday night the Saturday Night Live guys 
Che and Just are walking around backstage again, and the the heel one says, I'm not scared of any of these guys. I work out. Joke. Ha ha. The, the joke is, they can all beat him up. Yeah. And then he turns round, and then there's Braun Strowman's nipple. The biggest, meatiest one. And his nipples are twitching. <laughs> and rather than sort of play up, oh, I'm, I'm scared, the heel guy... You know, it's like, hey, we work out. We're we're on a similar level. Okay, you're still running with that joke. That's fine. It's still a joke now. The payoff has to be, though, that he is strangled to death, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but what happens is Bra- he asks Braun, hey, is any of this even real? Which was... Which was what a question. So stupid. Why would you put that on TV? <clears throat> Why would you do that? Like, especially... Especially if the idea behind the Saturday Night Live guys is to bring in some outside viewers and maybe there's an argument for asking the question that they're thinking. But also, it's a question that can never really be... We all know. Well, well, Triple H answered it earlier in the night. His feud is real. Maybe Braun's fake. Yeah. We all know that wrestling is predetermined. But I do not want that brought up. On Game of Thrones, you don't have people going around like, well, this is a set, and that's CGI, and none of this is real. We're all actors. No, they all pretend like it's real. They are acting, and they are within this fantasy realm. So when you watch it, you get sucked into this fantasy realm with them, and you don't see, oh, that's... I don't watch Game of Thrones. Kit, what's his face? The one from Knight Rider. Kit, no, Kit Harrington, whatever his name is. Him. I don't see him. I, I see the character that he plays, whichever one that is. Yeah. Uh, this is not Ingrid Bergman either in the 70s. This is not metaphysical deconstructions of, of the, 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 the on-screen product. We, we want to, but this is quite basic stuff. We just want to watch things and believe in it, not have people who are being dicks talk about how the stuff we're watching is it's a bit crap, half yeah. and not real. Like, why, why, why do you like this? Why do you like watching it? Because it's not real. Yeah, and also that if this is like you don't watch the product and you think it's all fake anyway, why are you getting involved at WrestleMania? Mm. Like, why do you, as a, as a kayfabe thing, why do you want to be a part of it? Okay, but still, Braun Strowman's going to strangle him to death, right? Surely that's the comeuppance. He, Braun Strowman grabs the heel Saturday Night Live guy by the neck, lifts him up, and he's... he's he said, what do you uh, think? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really reacting. He didn't say, say this out loud, but he was just not selling it in his face. Mm. And then they cut to commercial. And not only do they cut to commercial, which I assume is at least two minutes long, they then cut to ringside when they come back. Hey, it's the Cricket Wireless family who won <laughs> seats at ringside. Yeah, and then, and then they cut back and Braun is still choking this lad out. While loads of people are running in trying to stop him. Like, you don't even care about this guy not caring <laughs> about the show. And Braun puts him down that everyone finally convinced him to do it. And the Saturday Night Live guy is just unaffected and not selling it. And I thought, I want every single one of those producers and backstage agents, Fit Finley, Adam Pierce, to stretch this stupid <laughs> uh, out. He might be a wrestling fan. Like, I don't know. And he, he, maybe this was what he was told. But this, I wanted, 
I wanted horrible things to happen. But maybe that's the point. They want you to, as a wrestling fan, they want you to have bad things happen to him. Okay, there's ways to do that uh, without yes. compromising the reality of, of the product. That's the key to it. Yeah. But I think we're all in agreement here <coughs> that this is going to build to a tag match at WrestleMania where Braun's going to go out into the crowd and bring Nicholas back. And then Nicholas and Braun are going to beat the Saturday Night Live guys. But right? one of them's a baby face. Well, the baby face will leave because he don't want no part of Nicholas. Or the tag champ, mate. I do, yeah, I do think that this sets up a celebrity match for uh, for Strowman at Mania, yeah. which is just insane considering <laughs> where he should be. <laughs> I had Braun to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> He was fighting for the Universal Championship not too long ago. He still hasn't had his match that was taken away from him. Oh, Baron Corbin. And finally... man that took it away. At least we'll slightly end on a high because we've already talked about the overbooked main event. The, oh, you want to talk about the Women's History Month? Segment? I Well, at least it wasn't a moment of bliss. <laughs> yeah. but, Always look for the positive. So, I, so there's, a, there's a Women's History Month segment. I've said my piece on... I, my, my hate is blind. I, I hate all history months for various identity politics. Okay, I, I think it's not hate. I just more. I don't like WWE's use of it. That's that's more. Yeah, backtracking. <laughs> well, yeah, like so I I get where you're coming from with this, and I do agree with you. If you're gonna do these sort of like Latina history, like Latino history months and, and Black history months and, and women history months, celebrate wrestlers. Celebrate women of wwe celebrate the latino wrestlers of wwe black you know african-american wrestlers of wwe celebrate the your own history rather than alexa bliss saying like do you know who i like rosa parks and 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 sort of talking about this sort of stuff it comes off as so fake and so pr and i just it's so patronizing as as an adult to watch it but also, on the plus it, side is alexa a heel still better than moment of bliss that's true so uh i'm i'm happy with that the so what i wanted to talk about was the the final match, which was the penultimate segment, really. And it was the Revival putting their titles on the line against Ricochet and Alistair Black. Now, let's just put aside the fact that Ricochet and Alistair Black should not be a team. They should be solo acts. Uh, this was a, a pretty decent match that went, uh, you know, five, ten minutes. And then it was, it was ended by Bobby Roode and Chad Gable attacking the Revival, ending it in a DQ. So yeah. the titles didn't change hands. And that sets up a really, really enticing three-way tag feud. Because apparently this was meant to be a four-way tag feud. That's what Meltzer was writing really? in The Observer last week. The plan for Fastlane, <coughs> or uh, either Fastlane or WrestleMania, was going to be a four-corners tag match with Ricochet and, Black, Alice, uh, Ricochet and Black, Gable and Rude, The Revival, and DIY. And that was the match you were going to have at either Fastlane or WrestleMania. But mm. with Tommaso Ciampa now injured, essentially, and unable to, he hasn't been on TV now for, you know, this is the second week they've not been on TV, <coughs> in ring at the very least, that they're just going to turn into a three-way feud instead. That's confusing to me because this whole pairing of Ricochet and Black happened when Ciampa disappeared. Before then, they were pushed, rightfully, as solo acts. Mm -hmm. So I just figured when... Champa got injured, you kind of pull Gargano away with him, and you're like, ah, let's just put Black and Ricochet in their spot. Yeah. So all this stuff that's happening now in the tag division seems to me like what they were going to do with DIY. I would have thought the same thing, but apparently this was the plan all mm. along. Um, I've said my piece on the 
Black and Ricochet thing. I don't think they should be a tag team on the main roster. And then people said, was like, oh, well, they're now a tag team in NXT. They're competing in, they're competing in the Dusty Classic. My argument there. There's a storyline reason for that. <laughs> they don't want the Undisputed Era to win, so they are entering themselves into the tournament to make sure they don't win because they've got history with them and they don't like them. Mm. Storyline reason. Here, they're NXT call-ups. It's like when... Um, when Raven came into the WWF in 2000, they were like, oh, I'll just put them with Taz. They're from ECW together. They've never teamed before. They're not like close or anything. Ah, yeah, but they're ECW though, aren't they? So they probably are best mates. Yeah, NXT. <laughs> and Ricochet cut a promo beforehand. We're humble. I just... <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah, the, but it was a good match and the crowd were into Ricochet. How can you not be? And there was a really cool bit at the end where Rude and Gable brawled with Black and Ricochet. Rude and Gable sort of bail, and Ricochet and Black go to do their dives, but in stereo, do their flip back, sit down, and pose thing. Superhero pose thing, yeah. yeah. Ricochet's so good. He went to do this crucifix pin spot, and mm. it kind of, and it went like all tits up. But because both of them were just in tune and knew exactly what each other was doing, they made it look so seamless and be yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, let's just transition into doing this instead then, rather than just falling to the floor and then going, well, now what? Do the spot again. Yeah, do the spot again. Yeah, so I'm I'm at least while I while I don't like them as a team because they're they're much better as solo acts, at least this is this is gonna be a hell of a match. And if Gable and Rude are allowed to be more heelish, which it seemed like they were setting up here, as they have been for the last I few weeks. Say, I said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh that um, that's much better use of them. Uh, the other thing I wanted to make mention of this as well is that it was either Dash or Dawson tweeted last week that they only had one request as uh, tag team champions. Um, they won an entrance. They didn't get one here uh, no, again. No. So uh, we're still we, we're waiting for them to, to finally get what they're asking for. Well, I gave it a poor, a two out of five score. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was a very shoddy show. I thought it was a boring show. Mm. Uh, at the, uh, I was thoroughly bored throughout and the Ronda-Becky stuff really did kind of turn me off from things. I think Ronda will be an effective heel, though. I, I, I quite liked her as a heel. I thought her beatdown of Becky at the end was, was quite good. And I'm, I'm hoping we get to see a more aggressive side of Ronda throughout this. So that might be quite nice. But it was, you said it earlier in the, the day, I thought this was the, the perfect way to do it. It's just threw everything against the wall and we'll see what sticks because it's a pay-per-view on Sunday and we've got to do something. And then, you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania. This was not as good as last week's show. We're no. four weeks out from WrestleMania. I still don't feel like we really are. Mm. I actually had some uh, WrestleTalk Eat Better. Um, Eat Better. Yeah, I remember we were like getting sent in treats and stuff. Like, I, so I, I did actually have something to do on the podcast, but we'll do it on the SmackDown one. We're, okay. a bit, we're a bit pushed for time today. Also, I want eighty percent facts. Well, oh mate, if have you we want got 80, some? Oh, if you want eight percent, oh, I've been so excited about this. We have got eighty percent facts out the wazoo. So, I mean, when we've got so many eighty percent facts, I think that creates one solid fact. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but before we get into that, okay. I think this is going to be our final clarification on what a Florida room is. <laughs> okay. So this comes in from Frank. A porch. It says, "I'm in. Uh, yes, a a porch slash Florida room. Mm. We're humble British men. We don't really know what these things are. A porch for us is where you put your shoes and hang your coat up, and you put an umbrella there that gets used. Even when it's raining, it doesn't get used as often as you think it would do. Please also tell us 
What a Saturday night live. Saturday night live. Oh, it's going to be a Saturday night live. Anyway, this comes in from Frank. I'm a New Yorker living in Florida for the last 10 years. I'll translate for you Brits. Cool. A porch is a screened-in area that one enters to get into the house. It usually runs the length of the front door of the house, and sometimes there'll be a partitioned wall to block off an area past the front door itself. Mainly in Florida, if one is living in that, uh, then it has the power meaning of the bottom half of the... Uh, most walls is plywood with studs with electrical, and the top half, waist height, uh, and up can be windows or just straight screening, and the roof can be corrugated metal or tin wow, roof. Wow, he's, he's gone in deep there. Yeah. A Florida room, here's a fun fact, uh, and this might be an 80%, might be a 100% fact. A Florida room is a New York term adopted by the rest of the world, mm, rest, of, <laughs> rest of America, uh, to mean a screened-in adjacent to the home, but with sliding glass lockable doors for entry into the main area of a proper home. Usually it is completely screened in, uh, but many people run electrical, uh, as explained above. The roof is commonly only screened. The roof is commonly only screen. Uh, this is the design used on most every in the ground pool enclosure, hence the screen top. But many people with a pool modify the roof so it can stay dry underneath. Um, so, yeah. So, there you go. So, apparently, it's a New York term. So, apparently, it's exactly what I thought it was. Uh, yes. Uh, cool. He goes into a lot more detail uh, on that. But I think, we, I think we've, we've got the gist <laughs> no, no, of that. No, 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 no. No, I want all the details. Uh, well, Adam's already he sent in uh, another uh, email. He said, a Florida room is in the back of the house. This comes from Adam. Similar to a British porch, but a British porch is at the front of the house. That's a conservatory. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. We call uh, that a conservatory. Yeah. Uh, or what's the other one? An orangery uh, is also uh, mm. uh, similar to a British porch, but on the back of a house. So it is attached. It's not adjacent to a house. Because a conservatory is attached. Again, this has made me more confused about what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we get something in about Nissan. Uh, was it a Randy Datsun thing? Nissan? Yeah, someone suggested in like it was the original name for Nissan before they changed it. <laughs> it, was on, it was on the weekend show. Oh, I think, yeah, what, the, a name for the Datsun fans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Frank sent in that Nissan is pronounced uh, Nissan. Nissan? It's well, Nissan is actually used pronounced Nissan, not Nissan. Uh, anyway, would you want some? Uh, I'm glad you added that bit in. Yeah, well, you know, I like to read out the emails that people send. Um, so, do you want some eighty percent facts? Yes. This one. I'm comes, very excited about this. This I've, one. I've been genuinely talking to people about this over the weekend. There are some. Uh, some belters in here as well. Uh, this comes in from Jack. Uh, all right, lads. Jack here from Halifax in West Yorkshire. I don't know where I first heard this 80% fact. It just seems to be an urban legend. If you swallow a piece of chewing gum, it takes seven years to pass through your digestive system. 80% fact made. I've always wondered if this is true uh, and had a real taste for Hubba Bubba in my childhood. Surely this has to have come from somewhere. Anyway, love the show. All the best. I've heard that. I, used, oh, I yeah. grew up. I grew up thinking this. Uh, as a girl down the end of my road that told me that, because I accidentally swallowed some chewing gum, and she said that will uh, digest. That will take seven years to gi uh, digest. Now, uh, the the one that I'm pretty sure is is false is if you swallow seeds or some form of seed, uh, a tree will grow out of your stomach. <laughs> That I was told that at school yeah. by someone. I, that hasn't happened. I once heard a, a horror story about not wanting to go to McDonald's because there was a girl who ate um, ate a McChicken sandwich, but it had horse semen in it, and uh, she had a horse baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nay. <laughs> Nay, I say to that. I, do I, 
I really want to Google. I no, you really, can't. But that's the I point. You can't Google point. it. That's the whole point. But, but maybe, ah, now I want to change the format of the segment. <laughs> no, no, it's not can, fun that way. Can we put it out to, to everyone? No. Uh, okay, well, we are. maybe we'll do it as a pod poll. Okay, pod poll, pod poll that. Do we want to keep it as 80% fact or 100% fact? Problem well, is, if you keep no, it 100% no. fact, we have to do research. And the whole point we'll of this is outsourcing. Air. We'll do it on air. Oh, there's too much reading, mate. There's going to be too Google much reading. Google that while you... Oh, While we talk. Check out this next one. This comes okay. in from Jaren. Hi, guys. I heard this one a little while ago from an old friend that broccoli isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a human manufactured food and it doesn't have any no! nutritional value. No! <laughs> there aren't any broccoli plants. <laughs> no one can grow broccoli. So where does it come from? Broccoli is a scam to make money off people trying to be healthy. <laughs> At least that's what I think. They're 80% fact. <laughs> <laughs> They're tiny trees. <laughs> you can see them everywhere. They're just tinier versions of those. Okay, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that's false because broccoli sprouts are one of the most nutritionally dense superfoods super you can get. Mm. So that's, that's a broccoli before it's fully grown. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, Clark has sent in one uh, about the the two ultimate warriors, uh, but I don't think that's 80% fact. I think that's more conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, that's, that's not really what... And, and the other one kind of veered into conspiracy theory at the end. Mm. Oh, here's... A, okay, this one comes in from Ross. Uh, this is 80% fact about McDonald's. Mm. I wonder if it's the same story that I heard. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and Chopper, but not the other lad whose name How I've forgotten. How get pregnant? <laughs> I know, but when you're a child, you're like, oh, I believe that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. When you're eight years old, you're like, wow. I thought tongue kissing used to get you pregnant. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, they're kissing with tongues. Someone once told me that uh, a condom is to stop you from weeing inside someone. Uh, <laughs> that was the first question we asked in, in our first sex ed class. <laughs> yeah. we, were like, we, we were shown the condom. We were like, but how do you stop weeing when you're in there and our, our head teacher was kind of we were like i guess 10 yeah and uh our head teacher was like you just you don't you don't need to wee <laughs> <laughs> and we were all like how can, well, how, how can you not need to I wee mean, i need to wee now yeah and you're, like, well, you're just gonna take it from you guys <laughs> when you're in that state you don't need to wee um, oh, I love this one. Okay. I've, only, I've just read ahead. I love this one because I heard this as an 80% fact as well. I had an 80% fact a few months ago on a podcast, which may have been the Wrestle Ramble, I have to be honest. Maybe <laughs> it did come from this. Anyway, the fact is that the reason McDonald's burgers have gherkins in them ah. is because the sugar content percentage is so high, the burgers would be legally classified as a dessert. Yes, I've heard this. Yeah, that may or may not be true. Don't at me. Loads of love, Ross. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, do you want one more? Go on then. Um, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, and your lady partners, along with the pod swafters, after swafters, pledgehammers, and the entire swaf nation, but still not high to Andy Pandy Datsun. Nice. Here is my 80% fact. I heard from many people that eating popcorn reduces the weight of a person. Don't know if it's true, but would like to know your opinion on it since we're talking about popcorn. Ooh. I'd like to know which is your favorite flavor. Mine is caramel. Uh, you can't beat the uh, toffee butter kiss popcorn. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, good, good big big bag, big red bag of that. Yep. Uh, I mean, that there was a craze a couple of years ago for women in offices to eat popcorn as a snack. Mm. This is anecdotally. This is what <laughs> I picked up uh, based on every single woman I knew 
start, which isn't many, yeah. but all started eating popcorn. I was like, why well, thought popcorn was bad for you? And they were like, no, 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 popcorn's very light mm-hmm. and that hasn't got as many calories as crisps. So I was like, well, just don't eat crisps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Switch it out for something less like... Uh, so maybe maybe that's the reason. I don't think you're becoming lighter yes. because you're eating something that feels airy. Yeah, because it's mostly air. Yeah. Otherwise, if you eat arrows, it would be the same thing. Absolutely. The bubbles. I've got one more quick 80% fact for you here. All packets of crisps have a best before date, which is a Saturday. Oh, <laughs> that could be true. <laughs> I've literally no idea where I've heard this, but Sample <laughs> checked it once or twice, and I haven't been caught out yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we're on to a that's, winner. That's a good one. We're on to a winner with this segment. Oh, uh, I don't want to check that one. Some I want to check, but others I yeah. think is better to, to never, because that's most definitely not true, <laughs> but I like it. But he's checked it once or twice and hasn't been caught out uh. yet. So, I don't know, maybe. Um, right, let's get out of here. Uh, Ryan did send us an email uh, asking about, uh, as a Patreon backer, why there was a post that uh, was only for $5 backers. And he was like curious as a ten dollar backer why he couldn't get into it, and that'll be because it was a free sample of Ramble Club, which is our ten dollar mm. backer podcast. So if you are one of our ten dollar backers, you can get access to our brand new episode of Ramble Club, where we talk about a whole host of topics like WhatsApp group names. We talk about our boring hobbies. We talk about Pokemon, as you, of course we do, Stranger Things 3. There's a whole host of things we talk about in the show. Ollie got drunk and read a personal poem that he That's regretted immediately after saying out loud. Such a nice poem though, wasn't it? It was great. We had a good deep dive conversation about it. So Ryan... No, it didn't. You both skirted over it. So Ryan, the reason why you uh, couldn't get access to that is because you've got access to the full show, mate. And if you are one of our pod swafters, you will have noticed that that free sample is in the podcast feed. So go check it out. It's a really, really good time. Uh, and we will see you tomorrow on the SmackDown podcast where uh, Daniel Bryan is going to be having a face-to-face with Kevin Owens, I believe, because they've got a fast lane match this coming Sunday. Uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.